Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Jen Wozner of the band Y Oak. They've just released their latest record, The Louder I Call, The Faster It Runs. We got to talk about their uh, tour, now touring with a third member and how that's changed the dynamics. Also, Jen uses up to 30 alternate tunings. How does she do it? I get to figure that out as well. As the inspiration behind songs like It Was Not Natural and You Of All People, it's Kyle Meredith with Y Oak. Hi, this is Jen from Y Oak. How are you, Jen? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm well. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for giving me the call. Absolutely. First off, uh, excited to have Y Oak back in Louisville. I see the date uh, May 26th at Zanzibar, so that's going to be great to have you guys here. Um, We're excited to come back. Yeah. You just got back from, uh, was it European Tour, right? Well, we were on tour in Europe for a few weeks, and we've been on tour. Uh, that sort of uh, segue directly into a, a tour of the States that we've been on for the past few weeks or so. And um, we're about to wrap that up. Actually, I think Louisville is the final date on this run of the, of the U.S. tour. Oh, that calls for a party here. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah, you've been um, touring with a, a third member, right? Yes, we have for the first time ever. Yeah, how how does that change? Well, I should say, has that changed the dynamics in a noticeable way for you on stage? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you play for ten years with only two members, you really feel the addition of not only just another warm body sharing the stage with you, but just it expands what we're capable of accomplishing musically uh, so much. Uh, and it's been a real pleasure, honestly. Um, 
we're just we're just we've gotten so accustomed to being a duo that um, it, in a lot of ways it feels like a totally new band. Now, does this allow you to s- sort of echo? what you guys have done in the studio with the songs more, or are you finding that you're taking the songs to, to, to different places? Well, we wanted to we wanted to deliver, you know, at least a sort of recognizable version uh, of the song uh, because we really liked the record and we really liked the way we made it. And that's why, you know, we sort of were sitting down and we were like, if we want to play these songs as written, there's really no good way to do that short of adding another member. And, you know, we didn't want to just sort of like lump a bunch of stuff on a computer and you know if, if something was played by a human we were you know ideally it should be played by a human on stage and if something was made with the assistance of technology it sort of makes more sense to use that technology to duplicate it um, but in the case of you know all these bass lines there are all these sort of like clinky bass parts that either Andy or I played on this record that uh, we just didn't feel right uh, disposing with so it allows us to play the way that we originally conceived them and also leaves room in the future for reinterpretation down the road as we see fit. That's exciting to have just in your arsenal like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I read, I think I read anyway, that you possibly use up to 30 alternate tunings at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot. Not necessarily, I mean, I have to sort of whittle down the songs that we can play live based on tunings that are similar enough that I can pull it off. Um, and honestly, uh, I always like being asked about this because I feel like one of the unsung, unseen victories of, of a successful Wyoked is always the sort of delicate ballet of guitar tuning that I'm pulling off. And it, it's very choreographed because it has to be. But at this point, I'm, we're able to do a pretty pretty seamless set with only two guitars to sort of work, work through it. So... That's something that not a lot of people know, notice. Ideally, if I'm doing it well, nobody notices it. Um, but if I'm doing it poorly, everybody notices it. So. <laughs> well, you know, you could get to the point eventually where, who is it, like uh, The Edge from U2, he's got the guy that stands right below him on the see-through stage uh, <laughs> and pushes all of his pedals for him because he's got so many things going on like that. You could get to that point, you know, to someone. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that absolutely never going to happen for us and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. I would not I would not hold your breath that we're going to be able to afford seeing as uh, we're touring in the same 15 passenger van that we have been for 10 years. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not going to get a pedal pushing guy anytime soon but uh, that's cool though. Yeah. Now, for, for real though, you know, having that many though, kind of working with even you know just back at home, is that all by memory, or are you a really great note taker? Um, I have to keep notes now. I didn't use to keep notes. Um, it sort of spiraled a little bit out of control in <laughs> the past few years, just because I don't know. I mean, that's one of the things that's the most wonderful and and in, in endlessly inspiring about the guitar as an instrument for me is the fact that it is sort of endlessly malleable and tweakable. I mean, there are just so many different combinations of things that you can do with it. And it's, it's, it's flexible in such a way that, um, you know, it allows me to continue to get songs out of it that I think would otherwise be very difficult if it was more fixed. It's an integral part to the creative process. And such as such, it kind of has to be incorporated into the live set to a degree. But there are some songs where it's just like, well, this one's so far out of any of the other songs that we're playing that either I'm going to have to bring a separate guitar just for this one song or I'm going to have to tune for 
you know, two and a half minutes. So it does def- definitely come into, I mean, it's, it's not something I'm willing to limit because there is so much inspiration that comes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that I, it's, I, we definitely have to work around uh, in the live show. And, and, you know, maybe one day I'll have a guitar tech and it won't be as much of an issue. But, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm not holding my breath on that one either. <laughs> Well, I'll flip it to the other side of songs with the lyrics. And, you know, we were talking about dynamics a minute ago, uh, which, you know, when you're in a band, that's that's really interesting and it's a nice balance. Uh, from the critical side, you know, I mean, journalists, we're always looking for the hook and many time that rests on the story of the uh, of the album, on the lyrics. And I guess I'm, I'm almost sort of asking, you know, I guess you'd be speaking for Andy with this, but when it comes to l- the lyrical part of this, is this your story that he kind of signs off on? I mean, as, because I am the one writing the lyrics, it is a little bit inherently a little bit more personal for me. But I would be reluctant to say that the songs are necessarily like fully autobiographical. I think I think of songs as sort of having a life or sort of telling a story unto themselves. And there are things about my songs that are inspired by my experiences. What I'm ultimately trying to do is make something that is both personal but also more universal. It's sort of dealing with the underlying feelings and reactions to specific events, not necessarily specific events. Like the, the things that inspired them for me are not as important as sort of trying to capture a feeling that is, is something that everyone experiences for different reasons at different times of their life. So I don't really feel like I'm not the kind of songwriter where it, where it is super autobiographical and literal and it's very important that it's my story because I feel like that's, that's not necessarily the kind of song that I'm trying to make. Does that make sense? I yeah. don't know. I mean, no, it makes total sense. I mean, uh, you know, you hear a lot of songwriters talk about that wanting to be universal, and, and usually that means they sort of go too bland when they go universal. And it's a, it's an interesting trick, and, and I'll give you the compliments, you know, for your songwriting because you sort of talk about specific moments that are relatable. You know, they could be one person's specific incident, but everyone can relate to it, and that's not an easy trick to pull off. Well, thank you. I mean, I feel like those sort of specific things that you drop in that are clearly very specific, almost explicitly, like explicitly specific to my experience, people might not necessarily know what they mean, but it's almost like this little kernel of just like, this is true to me for this reason. And you might not necessarily know what I'm talking about, but you can tell the fact that this is in there means that it sort of grounds it in a kind of reality. And there's also this sort of mystery to it, too. I feel like a lot of my favorite songs have these references that, you know, I can I can sort of relate to the bigger picture and then the sort of, like, kernels of specificity that people are sort of dropping in provide this sort of endless sense of mystery and, and wondering, like, what the actual little circumstances were for that person, but not knowing that actually kind of adds to the mystique of the song. It sort of it makes me feel more connected to it even though it kind of removes it from my experience, if that makes sense. Well, it might be the wrong time then to ask about specific songs as I brush away some ah. of the mystery here. But um, there's two of them I would like to bring up, uh, two of my favorites on here, and, and I'll start with It Was Not Natural. You know, I, I haven't found my own deconstruction of this song yet, and, and I don't think it's a politically reflective song, but there is plenty in it that does make me think that, uh, and and that's probably our day and age that we're in, you know, where that seems to be reflected in everything, but there's something about that, you know, where where I feel like the thing ha- the things happening right now are very much not natural. Sure, I mean, I think uh, it was in 
inspired by a lot of very specific things in my life, but I was trying, I guess what I was trying to capture with that one specifically was to sort of divide the chasm between what is in our nature as human beings, as, as animals and of a sort, and the sort of structures that we've built for ourselves to sort of make sense of our lives and provide some sense of meaning and, uh, and you know, and also to control, to control and to restrict our behavior in a way that the world can function. But in a lot of ways, a lot of those structures that we've created are directly antithetical to our nature as animals or as human beings. And I think if you're a certain kind of person that tends to think deeply and, and question uh, that are presented to you as unequivocal facts, then it's inevitable that you're going to find yourself in a position where everything is sort of up to be questioned. And all of the uh, sort of rules that we use to structure our lives start to feel more and more meaningless, which is terrifying in a way. But if you think of it in the right sense, it's actually very freeing. And it's a very beautiful thing, but it's also difficult to let go of those things because it is, you know, you know, to give an example of, say, uh, someone who is religious has a sense of security in their belief in an afterlife that someone who is a-religious does not necessarily have. And, you know, there's a there's terror to sort of embracing the unknown in that situation. Or another example of someone who is, is very much in love and wants to believe that they will be with their partner for the rest of their lives, forever and ever until they die. Um, but for any number of reasons, uh, that could prove to not be the case. You know, anyone can sort of be taken from your life at any time. Um, and so I guess this is a long-winded way of saying that this whole song was just sort of using, using like the, the metaphor of like a walk, an actual like moving through the world and just sort of examining all of the things that in your past and trying to figure out how to make them make sense when they are ultimately, if you think a certain way, somewhat meaningless. Well, I'll, I'll ask about another one then, and and I don't. This isn't really a question per se. Um, you of all people, that's yeah. You picked my my favorite. Well, Thank you. Yeah, that's not a phrase that's usually meant for anything positive when you direct that at someone. <laughs> Like the yeah. way you say that, you of all people. I mean, that's there's to me. There's usually only one way of hearing that. Well, I love I love that phrase. I sort of I was playing with that because it's true that it, that it is something that is generally you know kind of hurled as an insult. But I think what I was actually referencing with that phrase is the separation between myself, which is I guess the you that I'm thinking of in that line, and everyone, and sort of like thinking of myself as separate, but also, you know, really being a part of a whole. And that stands for me, but it also is sort of like a reference to the fact that we all have these, I mean, there are, there are these like whole universes of consciousness that exist in every single individual human being. And then when you think about humanity in mass, like I feel like I love individual people. I love to meet people and understand them and talk to them and, and get to know what they're thinking and what they're like. But humanity in mass is just a fucking cancer. It's a scourge on the planet. And um, we treat each other terribly. Uh, we, as a species, uh, are just destructive and cruel and selfish. And so I think it was sort of more of a reference to 
how strange it is that like uh, an individual human being can be full of so much good and so much like love and, and truth and care and then uh, I'll also say that that song features maybe at this point if you ask me perhaps uh, my favorite uh, few lines that I've ever written in my life so I, I enjoy singing that one uh, quite a bit yeah. I think it's it contains one of the best verses I've, I feel like I've, I've pulled off no, oh, it's a fantastic song and uh, and a and a fantastic record. Uh, really, the louder I call, the faster it runs. Uh, I think it is maybe the best thing that you guys have done, and, and I've been a fan for a long time. So um, thank you. That's yeah. what that's what we think too. So it's really nice when uh, people agree with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Jen, you. thank you so much for calling in again. We'll see Y Oak uh, Saturday, May twenty sixth at Zanzibar. It's going to be great to have you all here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll be in party mode for sure, and we're looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you for the call, and we'll see you then. Absolutely. Thanks for talking to us. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks to Jen Wasner of the band Y Oak for giving me the call. Again, the brand-new record is called The Louder I Call, The Faster It Runs. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. Also, for you podcast listeners, do head over to iTunes or Podchaser. Give us a rating or a review. WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.